0: Welcome back in Bill Michael's show. I have some breaking news to start this hour. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills here with you today. Breaking news from the Green Bay Press Gazette, as was also disseminated on Twitter, breaking Packers related news on June 3rd in Titletown, Titletown district in Green Bay. Flo Rida. We'll be performing a free concert now. Like, listen, he was, uh, he's probably an artist of somewhat old and by artist of old, I mean like he, he was hot 15 years ago. Now don't know, but I'm, I'm reading through the article written on the green Bay press gazette about Flo Rida's free concert. He's putting on and the, the, the paragraph reads, uh, the rapper and singer comes well armed with feel good hits made for a party with a carefree summer vibe, including his b- breakout smash low, no bad days, good feeling, Club Can't Handle Me, right round, whistle, and I don't like it, I love it.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my impression of a middle-aged person that lives in Green Bay or a surrounding suburb reacting to this press release hitting their phone. ready? <laughs> who That's the whole impression
0: um before announcing uh, Titletown teased the announcement on Instagram with photos of objects tied to his long streak of hits dating back to 2007 like high heels, elevator, sugar, <laughs> and cake. <laughs>
2: Dude,
0: it's like, ah! Uh, I love it, it's it, as soon as you write a completely serious article about the titles of songs, and you read them without any context of what the song is, it's yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah. So flow ride it. There's, June there's 3rd. a lot of
1: great like like T Pain is another great artist for that.
0: <laughs> I'm in love as... with a stripper.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> chopped and screwed. I'm sprung. <laughs> And what's um oh god, no, how am I at a blank for t pain songs? It's not right round. T pain songs
0: eight seven, song eight seven seven yes. eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh favorite t pain songs. We were tender.
1: Jerry Sprunger. <laughs> Can't believe it and buy you a drink.
0: Yeah, it's good. That's good. So Flow Rider, June third, Title Town. I frankly, free I, I've never said no to a free concert. If it's somewhat easy for me to attend. Bit of a drive from here in Madison, obviously a bit of a commute from lacrosse. Okay. Could be something that that gets me up there during the summer.
1: Um, what was what kind of concerts did you have at Madison? So like for Freak Fest, or like there had to be one in your college tenure that got Ben Kenny out and about to go listen to some live music. Who was it?
0: There really there really weren't many. I didn't attend oh, okay. many. There were, there were many concerts that went on. I've never been a huge concert goer. Okay. I don't know why. I prefer sporting events, I guess. Sure. I don't know. That's fine. But Flow Ride is interesting. I saw Flow Ride in concert 13 years ago. Where? When I was young. Uh, outside of, uh, in South Jersey. Oh. That's where the story's going to end. Eight seven seven Let's go back to the phones for a second. Pauly. Paulie. Our buddy is here. Polly, what's up?
2: Big what's Florida up, fan? Um, so,
0: what's that? Are you a Big Florida fan?
3: Um, I remember him from back. I'm not big into new music. I mean, that's not new anymore, but I liked him when he was around, but I haven't heard much of him in a long time. Gotcha. Um, question is so I woke up, I slept completely through the morning show, um, long night. And yeah. um, I woke up to six players being suspended by the NFL. Yes. Um, Four four for the entire season, two for six games because they were betting on college sports. Correct. Um, I don't know what the ins and outs. Like Pete Rose is the – I feel so bad for that guy. He's one of the greatest baseball players in history, and he gambled. He never gambled on his team to lose. He never, you know, was proved any wrongdoing. These people are just being human like us where they're gambling on sports where it's legal – Where where do they draw the line? You can't even gamble on college sports? Like, why?
0: Well, the line's clearly drawn that that you can't gamble. Because as soon as you allow one thing, you're going to have to allow a lot. You can't gamble on on sports. No. No, Yeah, if you're under contract. If you start allowing some things, that's when the waters get more murky and then more stuff is allowed. Whether you disagree with the rule or not, it's more ridiculous that people are stupid enough to break it. Knowing what's well, yeah, at stake, but I mean,
3: look at what's his name last year uh, for the Falcons, Ridley, who got suspended the whole year. He was playing fantasy football, like Fanduel or something.
0: Uh, he was betting on Falcons games when he was out.
3: Oh, see, I, the way I understood it is he was betting. On, he was like doing a a, a, a DraftKings, you know, like just picking a team and no, you know he was I mean? placing
0: like, parlays that included the Falcons, and the Falcons weren't very good, so they were the the parlays were kind of stupid which is another point. Right. Uh, And in terms of Pete Rose, great baseball player. I can't say I feel that bad for him, generally speaking. I mean, it was stupid. It it was stupid to do, especially
3: back then, because gambling was not really legal widespread back then. But, I mean, still, like, it's been long enough. Like, the guy, if anybody's a Hall of Famer, it's him. So, I mean, they got to – I think they pardon him. They should anyways.
0: I would say that about – Barry Bonds, I, I could say that about a bunch of guys. I'm a big fan, honestly, if, we, if you want to talk Hall of Fame, of a separate Hall of Fame wing. You open a different door, it's a separate entire room, <clears throat> and at the top of the door is a big asterisk. These are all the guys that took steroids and all the guys that gambled or did other illegal or things against the rules, but also were good enough to be Hall of Famers, where we are going to <laughs> recognize them as part of the history of baseball Because right now they're just not being recognized at all, but we're not going to put them in the mainstream hall.
3: The thing is, Barry Bonds, um, Roger Clemens, A Rod, they were all going to be Hall of Famers without steroids. All of them. You know, that's that's, that they were, they were. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it was wrong, but baseball allowed it. Baseball is the biggest hypocrite out of any sport, really, in my opinion, because they knew they were juicing in fact they were they juiced the balls like they randomly put them around there's a they did a, a um not a study but a a group did something where they they looked into it and they found that the New York Yankees were given more juice balls last year than any other team in the league you know you know that that's a thing they were sending juice balls to certain stadiums dead balls to other stadiums to try and kind of um control you know the game to some degree yeah. and uh, I, I mean I I mean baseball knew 100% these guys were juicing and then they allowed it to go on. so why keep them out? you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah that's a much tougher general discussion and one that has many opinions on either side that it's hard to say any of them are wrong. I think generally uh, and appreciate the phone call, generally when you talk about these guys that just got suspended, If the rules are clearly laid out that you cannot gamble on sports, any sports, and I'm sure in the building after the Calvin Ridley thing happened or in general, it is very clearly said it's probably in the contracts. If you do this, these are the consequences. So I don't really give a damn what the rule is. As long as it's clearly there and clearly outlined, there are no excuses for breaking it.
1: None. In front of mind after what happened to Calvin Ridley. That's what I keep coming back to. I felt a little bit for Ridley, even though he broke the rules. That should have put everyone on blast. Everybody. Just triple checking before I bet. Eh, can I do this? Am I allowed to do this? Make your agent look it up. Stick them up. That's why you have an agent. That's why you have people helping you, unless you're Lamar. um, Make it their job. Make it their issue.
0: Or at least if you're going to bet, don't include the Falcons in your parlay. That's the most... <laughs> That's the most head-scratching part. I need to see what Jameson Williams is betting on. What if he was betting on Iowa overs? Iowa team total over 10. Well, things if, of that, if nature. that were the
1: case, then I would have reservations about giving him a contract extension. The Lions need this information because is that somebody you want to invest in? Do you worry about their decision-making if we're betting on Iowa to score a certain amount of points? He's, it all really does come back to Iowa at the end of the day.
0: It does. He's probably betting on Alabama who had a mediocre season by their standards because they lost more than once. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it went well for him. But it's weird because the the shelf life of NFL guys is so short. And Quintez Sivas was out all season, as was Williams for most of it, with an injury. So this is something where they're not... like, Is that affecting the games? No. But it's all about public perception. And once the perception becomes that okay, these guys are somewhat related to gambling and or actually doing it. That's when the whole cookie just, that's when the pyramid falls apart. Yep. That's when you're playing. What's the game? Jenga. Take one nice. of the things out falls.
1: And that's, I get that gambling companies sponsor the NFL and it's appearing to be a little hypocritical, but so do beer sponsors. Players can't play the game drunk.
0: Well, they like, could. I, I don't know.
1: they well, they could, yeah, I suppose, if they really wanted to.
0: I see the point, though. Eight seven seven Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you were on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got?
2: Hey, boys, this is Tim from Sparta. What's up, Tim? I, Good hey, to hear I, from you. I, um, well, you know, you, when I left the other day, you, you did say that you'd be happy to talk Iowa football. I didn't realize that you were going to be disparaging the greatest offense the world has ever known. <laughs> i mean how you can how you can you know dismiss somebody as a as a uh, offensive coordinator who studied under the great uh, defensive coordinator bill belichick is beyond me you know so.
0: I have nothing to say when it comes to that I, my my official statement is no comment that's all, that's all we say
2: I just had to rag you on that just a little bit boys um my next thing is go brewers go bucks uh, I can't believe the Brewers are doing as well as what they are that's just ridiculous and uh, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen to them when they start facing the you know the young guys start facing the uh, the, the pitchers the second time around hopefully they can uh, make adjustments and and continue in their winning ways yeah what's
0: good um, is uh, Tim you got the Red Sox this weekend coming to town by no means do they have a dominant pitching staff? Some guys who I don't think are very good and others who are very up and down. So it's a good opportunity. I, I mean, heck, like the Mariners are really good and they still eked out runs against them. They did against the Padres. They're kind of doing it against even a lot of the top end guys. Yes, for the first time, but it's not as if they're beating up on, on the on the Pirates and the Reds right now. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, you know, I, I think if anybody would have, you know, people would have taken the bet that they would have come out 500 or maybe four and five out of that West coast swing. So to see CM go seven and three. That's that tells you, you might have something here. Uh, let's just hope that it continues. And the last thing is I wish these people would get off of the bandwagon of Oh, poor Pete Rose. I'm sorry. I watched most <laughs> of his career and it's not that he was the most annoying person on the face of the earth, um, but... I have a good word L- to,
0: to describe it, Tim. I think he's somewhat of a sleaze.
2: Well, ah. there is, there is the, the multiple sleaze factor as well. But on every major league contract that anyone has ever signed and in, over the door in every major league locker room is thou shalt not bet on baseball. Where does it say we need to make an exception for you because you broke the rules? Yeah, you got the steroid boys. And as far as Roger Clemens is concerned, look at his record. He wasn't making the Hall of Fame without coming back on the Royals. Interesting. Barry Bonds, absolutely. He was a Hall of Fame guy before. Yeah. They, uh,
0: Tim, do you want to feel old for a second? Uh, you know, Roger Clemens' son is currently on the Phillies. Nope. No. Lost you for a second there. Oh, uh, and I, killed him. Tim? I appreciate the phone call, um, as always. Roger Clemens' son is on the Phillies, if you want to feel somewhat old. Um, is he any good? He's like their third string. He's like a minor league first baseman, re- replacement level first baseman. Okay. Um, Pete, I mean, I don't want to do a whole thing on Pete Rose.
1: We're I'm, talking Pete Rose and Iowa football today.
0: He That's rubs incredible. me the uh, – Grant, he, he's always rubbed me the wrong way.
1: And he's not here. Let me play off your sleaze bag word. He's just not the kind of guy and the type of personality that I want to give the benefit of the doubt. It's like, I'm supposed to feel bad for you. Like you're brazen and you're brash. And I don't know.
0: He was a mid 30 year old dating a 15 year old. Doesn't sit well with me as as there is that that's, that's out there. He was asked about it by reporters last year and uh, spoke down to them in, in a not great... T- I, I'm just not, not the biggest fan when it comes to all that. But yes, there also is a very good argument to say he was the manager of the Reds. He's betting on the Reds. Okay, sure, he yeah. wants to win, but then he wouldn't bet when they had bad pitchers on the mound. Which yeah. you could so easily see through the logic and say, okay, well then, are you going to use your best relievers on one day to make sure you win your bet? And just go throw out some scrub when you don't have money on them. Like it's, it, it's ridiculous. And I'm fine with yeah. how baseball's handled it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Bill would, these are the types of topics that Bill would crush. Sport, uh, athletes in the NFL getting banned for gambling and then Pete Rose slander. Tap Bill in. Give him a call and tell him what we're talking about. He'll drive back from vacation right now.
0: 877 <laughs> 867 True. Uh, Let's do this. Coming up next, we'll talk Packers offense. I wanted to get into this. Let's go. And I'll pose the question as we enter break, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Who is it more on for the Packers 2023 offense to work, to be good? Goody, Gutekinst, and the personnel side of it, the addition of talent, putting talent around the quarterback and the quarterback himself at the end of the day. Jordan Love, the guy on the field doing it, or Matt LaFleur, the head coach, the offensive, quote, mastermind behind all of it. We'll talk about that when we come back. It is the Bill Michaels Show, Ben Kenny, Grant Bills.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Live.
0: Right, we're back. Ben Kenny Grant Bill's hanging out with you, taking you to two o'clock. Obviously, podcast form immediately afterwards. As always, if you miss any of the show, want to go back and listen to it. If your station, if your local station doesn't carry every hour, got a podcast, just search the Bill Michaels show. Grant and I will be back Monday and Tuesday of next week, leading you up towards the draft. Then Thursday night got the Bill Michaels draft show seven to eleven. Several of these same stations and on all the normal channels. Looking forward definitely to the first round of the draft. Last year, probably a little bit more interesting when the Packers had two picks and you knew a lot could happen. Packers have yeah. one pick for now. We'll see. Interested in the pick, and then we'll see what transpires afterwards. Uh you asked me yesterday, Grant, what I thought the story of the draft would be. Yeah. I think as more information's coming out and weird reports, I think CJ Stroud falling is going to be that story, uh, even past five.
1: So if CJ Stroud falls to 10, is that going to be enough for the experts and the casuals alike to be like, wow, what a, what a fall from grace. I think what so. A tumble.
0: I mean, okay. Heck, I want him to fall to 15. Imagine being the Packers at 15. You get to trade down for a guy that wants a quarterback.
1: I thought you meant just to take him. I, like, uh, I don't think this fan base can nope, handle that. Out.
0: That is one thing. What will I be mad at on draft night? Quarterback. A, quarterback. B, running back. C, Quentin Johnson.
1: That's He's it. off my board. He is off <laughs> my board.
0: Eight seven seven eight six right. So Packers offense in 2023. I was thinking about this on the drive-in. Mm. The answer to this question is all of them. Who is it on to make the Packers offense work? Gutekinds has to bolster the receiving core and tight end and make the line, help the line out. LaFleur has to get all the ingredients, put it into a pot and make it work, which has not been the case. or wasn't the case last year, excuse me. And this is what I started the show with. What, what, what were the Packers worse at last year? It was actually situational offense. They weren't, they weren't explosive enough, generally, but they were bad on third down. They were bad in bad the red, in the red zone. zone, and that crushed them. So Matt LaFleur for getting all the ingredients together, play calling, design, playing to strengths, making it work. Jordan Love, obvious piece of this. It's the position. But out of any of those three, are you looking at one more than the other two? next season to make the offense work?
1: So I'm looking at Matt LaFleur. And this is something that I'm going to bring up on my show tonight because I think some of my callers might have thoughts on this. I'm looking at Matt LaFleur, who I like, but I, I think at times Packers fans and bloggers and podcasters have maybe given Matt LaFleur a little bit too much credit in this sense, in this sense, in this sense only, Ben, where we say, well, Matt LaFleur doesn't need a great quarterback to make it work. Matt LaFleur doesn't need elite wide receivers to make it work. Like this offense is an offense that can run with anybody. We don't need Devontae Adams. Don't need Aaron Rodgers. We've said that a lot. And I think a lot of Packers fans believe that. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen Matt LaFleur's offense run with a quarterback not named Aaron Rodgers. Right? We haven't seen the scheme carry itself without elite talent like Devontae Adams or, or Aaron Rodgers for the last three years. So I'm going to say Matt LaFleur just because I think a lot of things that we give Matt LaFleur credit for and a lot of things that we say aren't yet based in fact, but they can become fact this season when Matt LaFleur takes over and has a quarterback not named Aaron Rodgers and young wide receivers and more unknowns than maybe he had in in years previous.
0: Does he run the ball? Does he give the ball to Aaron Jones, their best offensive player, as much as he can? I hate this, but I agree with you. I, I wish I could go with Love and just say, okay, yeah, if he's amazing, then offense works. But listen, it's about expectations for me. Do we expect Jordan Love to be amazing in the first year? I would say no. Now, he has to prove enough to to get the job long-term, but I don't think we expect him to come out and have a, a last-year Jalen Hurts-type season. Just a crazy jump, and he's immediately that guy, and the Packers are great. Matt LaFleur is supposed to be the offensive genius. He's supposed to be, like, that offensive guy. And when I look up and down the offensive roster, while they have a hole at tight end, they're not in that bad shape. The line with Stenovich, who you mentioned, the line is in solid shape if it's healthy.
1: A big three of young wide receivers.
0: And... And a running back core that you can rely on. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, when you get down to the red zone, is a lot of it just about making a play 100%. Everybody plays into this. But when I think about uh, the Packers offense, and again, last year in general, they were a, a top 11 or 12 overall offense. They were just really bad. Uh, and third down and in the red zone. And uh, they were incredible at rushing the football or when the ball was in the hands of the running back they were fifth in football uh, at at expected points added rushing they were third in efficiency like really good when the ball's in the running back's hand we always say okay what does the offense look like without Rodgers there and i don't even want to go into yeah. that dynamic cuz i i have trouble breaking it down and i don't yeah. think anybody outside the building truly knows every down to down what's different, who did what. But I think it's going to be clear this season because Love is young and it is going to be all Matt LaFleur's offense. And I think it's on him because that's what his job is supposed to be.
1: And what we've read about Jordan Love, or at least what I've read, I read a lot of Tyler Dunn because he writes a lot about Jordan Love. And I think some of it is a little much, which we've talked about, like some of the comps. But a theme throughout, Jordan Love loves to study. He wants to know the offense as well as possible to know it just as well as Matt LaFleur. And, you know, to Jordan Love's credit, like, what else has he had to do the last couple of years but study the offense? My point is, I don't think it's going to happen where we get to week three or four and, well, Jordan Love's not picking up the offense. Him and Matt LaFleur aren't on the same page yet. No, no, no. I think Jordan Love knows the offense already. And I think what we see from Jordan Love is going to be a direct reflection of Matt LaFleur. I don't think there's going to be a lot that's lost in translation. Another thing on Jordan Love, obviously he's got to be a level of good. He's got to be competent. But Packers fans should not be expecting or hoping or needing him to be elite. That's never been the point with him. The point is you need a competent guy who can run the offense, make the easy throws, right? Those easy throws need to be there. Those plays need to work because that's what we've been yearning for with Jordan Love. So I, I don't put too much of the onus on Love as long as he's got a baseline level of competence. Because for two years now, we've been dying to see Matt LaFleur's offense in its purest form. So I want to I want to watch that offense. I want to see it work because that's what we keep talking about. That's what we wanted to see.
0: There are several NFL teams that are stuck with a competent quarterback that isn't great, most notably yeah. the Vikings. You don't want to yep. be there. You don't want to be paying for that. And the Packers, the beauty is they will get to see first before they, they have to. Yeah. But yep. that said... Competent quarterbacks win a lot of games competent quarterbacks that can make throws and not turn the ball over while maybe they're not spectacular, but if in the right system, and this is an outlier, but I look at San Francisco, you could put any competent quarterback behind center and they'll score points and win games. Mm -hmm. And that's what I don't expect LaFleur to be Shanahan, nor do I think the Packers have those weapons, but Shanahan adjacent, What are you able to do to set up a young rookie quarter or rookie adjacent quarterback that likely has the tools to be fine. We don't know how great he's going to be, but what as the guy at the helm, are you able to do to make it easy? Who's schemed open? Is everything a struggle? Is the ball in the best players hands constantly? That's all on the head coach to me. And it's also a head coach. That was the offense was great with Hackett. And then Hackett moves on. They move Stenovich to O.C., Part of being a head coach is who you surround yourself with at those positions. Yes. yes. And I'm not going to say it was a bad move to promote him, but I would say the jury's out. Like Hackett seems to be a very good offensive coordinator. We don't know what the offensive coaching dynamic is like, truly, until I'd say through this year with LaFleur in them, where great head coaches, when their coordinators leave and get other jobs, the next guy that comes in is always good.
1: Shanahan is a great example of that. On the defensive side, right? Lose Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans comes in immediately as a star. And part of that is because of personnel, but the Packers had Aaron Rodgers and some young, talented wide receivers and a sturdy offensive line. It's not like their personnel was bad. You said, I want to go back a minute when you said that you don't expect Matt LaFleur to be Kyle Shanahan. You say Shanahan adjacent, which I like. My point is, Ben, I think a lot of Packers fans believe that he's, if not Shanahan, like 95% of Shanahan. That's what I'm saying. We've assigned him this, I don't know, this level of coaching to where we say, we'll just get Jordan Love, plug and play, the offense will work, it'll score points. We hope, we think. We don't know that for sure. We need to see that this fall. And I think seeing that is even more important than seeing if Jordan Love can be good or great or something special. We need to see this Matt Lafleur offense that we've been talking up and, and hyping up even though we haven't really seen it without Rogers and without elite talent.
0: 877-867-1670. You want to chime in on that? Who do you put the onus on to make the offense work enough, we'll say, not to be top of the line in the NFL, but to be good, to make this offense good? Who's it on? Goody LaFleur, Jordan Love, Twitter poll up at Ben Z. Kenny, and 65% so far, say Matt LaFleur. I, I like where people's heads are. Where, okay, should we expect Jordan Love to be incredible? No. But we should expect a baseline of competence to actually want to see yeah. him more. Like, if yeah. he comes out and he, and he stinks, nothing Matt LaFleur could do. But that also will very clearly say that he stinks. But I think yeah. in the in the wide range of possible outcomes for Jordan Love, somehow I just don't see a scenario where he's that bad. Josh yeah. Rosen... Is that bad when you put him out there? For some Josh reason, it's
1: caught a lot of strays this week. I know.
0: Well, it's an interesting, like it. it's an interesting case study of a, of a highly drafted quarterback that enters two dysfunctional systems, but also can't
1: play. Well, the interesting thing about Josh Rosen, and you probably remember this, what did people say about Rosen when he came out? in comparison to the other quarterbacks in his class? What was the constant thing? I always heard he's ready to play. He's NFL ready. He is the most NFL ready of anyone in his draft. And that couldn't be further from the the bill with Jordan Love. who's the opposite. Really tools a lot of potential, but he needs time to sit, right? So the, those guys are two opposite ends of the spectrum. Josh Rosen was supposed to be pro ready. He came in and could not have been worse.
0: And Jordan Love, again, had one of the greatest opportunities to learn from anybody yeah. out there yeah. being with Rodgers every day. So he's had that time to sit. So I think we should expect more than a baseline level of a rookie. We should expect a lot yeah. more than that. He's been
1: there. He's been in but, the building. And this is why I think we should all be looking at Matt LaFleur under a microscope, maybe in a way that we don't with Jordan Love. The whole point with Jordan Love is you're downgrading at quarterback. We, we want a quarterback that's not going to try to throw bombs on third down. We want a quarterback that's going to do the boring things and just run the offense and, and read what's on the teleprompter. Well, then Matt LaFleur needs to put the right stuff on the teleprompter. And Matt LaFleur needs to run this offense that we've been dying to see more of the last couple of years. That's why I'm looking more at LaFleur than I would at Jordan Love.
0: Which at That offense at times, Grant, go back to the 2021 oh. game in Arizona on Thursday night without Devontae. Mm-hmm. And they just went off with Aaron Jones. And it was yep. it was incredible to watch. Yep. And it's those games that make you think, oh, like what could it be? And then for a variety of reasons, it wasn't that
1: going forward. <laughs> you know?
2: Dude,
1: but that it's, it's, it's those moments. Uh, that was such a great year where, where 2020, his first MVP year especially, so Rodgers secondly year in LaFleur's system right away from week 1 I'm watching games on the TV going oh that's new that's not Mike McCarthy that's that's Matt LaFleur right there and it was easy free yards after the catch wide open guys and over the next two seasons that just kind of started to disappear
0: Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 1670 you want to chime in do it our buddy jordan on twitter Says, it's up to Matt to make love good to great. Otherwise, he won't have a job. Which is a fine way of saying it. I think there are more things that play into the job security, let alone confidence. If the defense is atrocious, Matt LaFleur is likely going to go with Joe Barry. Like atrocious, like bad, bad, not just average. Okay. Can I I ask
1: you a a question? Finish what you're going to say.
0: Well, I... I don't think there are any outcomes this year except for just complete disaster, which I think the team's good enough to avoid that where Matt LaFleur is gone. It's a question of, do we enter 2024 with a real discussion? Do we enter 2024 with the discussion of the discussion we're having about Joe Barry right now? Yeah. Is it that tone? And I don't mean to like throw like Matt LaFleur has proved a good amount. He's won a lot of games. Last year was weird for a lot of different reasons, but given the move off from Rogers into what should be his system, like the in the telling point of this season and going forward is, does Matt LaFleur make the offense good? And if it is, I'm confident in him as a head coach. If it's not,
1: then I think there are discussions. So you asked, who is it on? In 2023, for the Packers' offense to be good? Love, LaFleur, or Gudekins? Let me ask you this. What would have to happen this season for you this time next year to say Gudikins didn't do enough? He let Matt LaFleur down. He let Jordan Love down. Maybe there's nothing. Maybe maybe that's not possible. It's just he was included in the question. Maybe he was included in the question to make it round and, and nice. But in what ways could Gudekins fail the twenty twenty-three Packers offense?
0: Taking a tight end at 15 and having him suck.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: Missing that blatantly on a pick and or picks, multiple offensive picks. Because if he takes defense in the first round, he's inherently helping the offense because they would hopefully get the ball with more regularity or in (laughs) better spots. But if he goes tight end at 15, wide receiver in the second round, and neither of them can play, then i think you say okay maybe he didn't do enough or you also could say you could go back to the last couple drafts i think he has done enough to equip the offense but if if developments happen if suddenly guys hit a hit a big time slump and evaluations were wrong i don't know i included him because he's the he's the architect and he's the guy who drafted love in a way so if love isn't it oh then, sure then was that on Goody?
1: Well, I guess then they're they're tied at the hip. If if we walk away from the season saying love wasn't good enough, then that's a product of Brian Gudekins as well. Boy, sure. Everybody's tied at the hip with all of this. Well, it's fascinating. It just depends on the situation in the NFL because there'll be situations like Arizona where Steve Keim will miss on a quarterback, then draft another quarterback, miss on a head coach, sign another head coach. Some GMs are given one or two spins at quarterback and coach. Some aren't. Like, I know a lot of people say, well, if Jordan Love stinks, Goody's gone. I don't know that's, like, I don't know that for sure.
0: If they pay Jordan Love a lot of money and he stinks, then I think Goody's gone. But if they avoid having to pay him, that's the whole purpose of having this year where he starts. Like, Howie Roseman whiffed on Carson Wentz, got off of him, got a new quarterback in, and he had paid Carson Wentz. He also had a longer track record. It's fascinating. Yeah. Let's uh we have to step away. We'll come back in, in We're, five minutes.
1: Woefully late for a break.
0: Woefully late. We'll come back in five minutes. We'll continue the conversation as well. Uh, we'll get to some NBA playoffs coming up at one o'clock. I was disgusted at something last night. Uh talk Brewers, Red Sox as well. A lot more to come. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, and for Bill Michaels.
1: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: All right, it's The Bill Michael Show. We're back. Grant, I have a. A breaking update, if you want to call it that. Uh Oh, this is the point in the year we're at for uh, for draft season. Latest NFL draft buzz quote. Don't expect the Packers to take a wide receiver in the first round this year after not picking one since 2002. Awesome.
1: Well, just at least give us some hope.
0: Groundbreaking. I'm even—everybody, when someone like myself says, oh, let's get Jordan Love more weapons to learn about how good he's going to be, everyone always points out that maybe there were times I didn't need Aaron Rodgers to get the weapons when there were those picks, right? Like last Mm -hmm. year, I was fine with the defenders, and they did end up getting Rodgers' weapons in the beginning of the second round, which is not far removed from the first— I expected Rod, someone the caliber of Rodgers to make do at times with what was there. And if we look back to 2021, Grant, how how deficient really was that wide receiver room?
1: Not not that deficient.
0: Devontae's the best in the league. MVS went to Kansas City and was pretty good. Everyone talks up Lazard, Cobb. Oh. Like there were dudes there.
1: Yeah, for Rogers. Everyone statements. talks out, talks up Lazard. Oh, Lazard is fine. EQ. Weird like not to gas up Equitania St. Brown, but <laughs> like he went to the Bears and was an NFL wide receiver. Take that for what it's worth. He did drop like a massive two point conversion in that game against the Bucks. Because of course he did.
0: Matt Miller on ESPN. Grant, uh, this is from the the wide receiver note. He said, I'd instead look for them to add a tight end. Maybe Utah's Dalton Kincaid in the first round at 15 overall. Dalton Kincaid, who was injured for much of the draft process, did not do anything at the combine. I don't think did anything at his pro day. Went on a visit. He's one of the like three first round guys to visit the Packers in addition to Darnell yeah. Wright and Michael Mayer. I'm sure he could be a fine player and could help the offense. I'm not going to discount what him or Mayer could be. I just don't want him at 15.
1: I'm out. I know what Jackson Smith and Jigba could be with this Packers team. You pair him with Dobbs and Watson and Toure. I I know that that's a home run. I don't know that any of these tight ends at pick 15 of the NFL draft will be a home run.
0: I'm trying to think of the best comp for Lucas Van Ness. Like, all right, here's this. Everybody unhappy when Kevin King was selected instead of TJ Watt. What if I told you Lucas Van Ness was JJ Watt?
1: That was going to be my comp that came to mind. Physical freak can play inside and out. Maybe a a weird
0: path through college and yeah. a blossom, but not. Uh, JJ Watt blossomed, but he it took him a bit to get to Wisconsin. Lucas yes. Van Ness, meanwhile, didn't start, which is a big talking point. Never started a game. Didn't start games. So that's the the news and notes that's going on. 877-867-1670. You want to get a hold of us, do it. Uh, who is it the most on for the Packers offense to work next year? Matt LaFleur, Gutekinster, Jordan Love. Twitter poll up at Benzie Kenny. 54% still say Matt LaFleur. I figure the Love critics would say Love. He if it doesn't work, it's on love and everything. then yeah. that was all a mistake. 30% say love. 16% say Gutekinst. The thing with Gutekinst, obviously, is that a lot of the work is done. A lot of the dudes are in the building. But we'll see what he can do with the
1: offense. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about Gutekinst's recent picks. We all love Christian Watson. I really like Romeo Dobbs. Those were who hits. To raise the fun wild card <laughs> in the big three. Don't forget Toure I will... T- Dude, I will never forget Toure. I love Zach Tom. I like Nijman and Caleb Jones and some of these other, you know, lower-picked offensive linemen. Kept Bakhtiari around. We'll see about Josh Myers. That's actually one of the the offensive players that Goody's taken that I, I wasn't a massive fan of that pick.
0: Of who? Sorry, say it again.
1: Josh Myers. Yeah. Yeah, that, and, and that was that's moving on. to me, on. an instance of when he can overthink a little bit. Like Creed Humphrey was the guy. Right. Why didn't you just take him? And I know it's easy to say now because Creed Humphrey's really good, but that was the case in the draft, too. It's not like Creed Humphrey went two rounds later, and here I am saying, I I was smarter than everyone. I didn't wash Myers. I wanted Humphrey. No, it was the other way around.
0: And, uh, GMs are held to a really high standard because it's their job, and we see yeah. it on the field, and we can dissect it. And we like to put ourselves in their shoes. But no GM is perfect. No. The best GMs in be football perfect. miss picks. So it's about how often do you do and do you do you do it at the wrong moments yeah and the jordan love pick is the right moment to get it right as as opposed to missing that yeah people Josh Myers worry is about fine
1: kevin king being picked if jordan love is a great quarterback precisely you know what i mean
0: precisely yeah. if you hit on quarterback you hit on some weapons like they have you hit on the line both lines should be in pretty good shape 877-867-1670. We could take your calls when we come back. Coming up at 1 o'clock, got to get some NBA playoff talk in. A somewhat disgusting game between the Nets and the Sixers last night. You have Bucks and Heat getting back underway on Saturday. We'll talk NBA playoffs here in about 7 or 8 minutes. Brewers also back home for the weekend. Hot road trip. Tremendous road trip. We'll get into them as well. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels.
1: Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: All right, Bill Michael Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills, we are back. One o'clock hour coming up. Uh, a loaded one o'clock hour coming up. We got a oh? NBA talk. I I don't know about Zach. I don't know if he's joining us. I have to t- to to be completely honest. I haven't texted him yet today. I, I thought I he might Zach. have just shown up. Oh, so I might have to text you. So you hadn't him. texted him. He might I not see. be in today. But we'll talk some Badger football. We'll get into the launch, the importance of it, what to expect coming up. Badgers spring game adjacent event tomorrow, one o'clock. Got NBA playoffs going on. I I have to talk about something when we come back and I think it's going to resonate with Bucks fans. Just a disgraceful performance last night, generally oh. speaking. And and the refs. We'll get into it when we come back. I don't want to I don't want to pre-throw it all out there. But we'll talk NBA playoffs, Bucks and Heat coming up on Saturday. Brewers weekend coming up big one o'clock hour. Stick around. Back in two minutes, Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill Michaels.